Shalom, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Spirit Living Podcast. Last month, I got the privilege of preaching my first sermon, which was at the youth service of Farmington First Baptist Church, and we recorded it. Speaking over John chapter 10, this is the shepherd's voice. Here you go. He says, Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus said again, truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I'll pray for us and then we'll get going. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that I have. God, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that anything that just comes from me would be ignored, but everything that comes from you would be heard, listened to, and enacted and implemented beyond just tonight. God, I pray for open hearts as you speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. So this passage here is describing the good shepherd. Jesus is the one who is talking, but he's actually talking about himself. So it's kind of a weird dynamic there. If you look at those first four verses again, truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. So there's this giant sheep pen, and there's only one gate off to the side of it, and that's the only way that you can properly enter into it. You can try to break in another way, but you're a thief and you're a robber if you do it. And that gate is only open for the shepherd himself, who then goes in, and all of the sheep follow him into that sheep pen. That's how it works. You've probably figured it out, but that's essentially the equivalent of heaven. That's what it's referring to. There's only one way into, into heaven, to enter into heaven, and that's through Jesus, who is the good shepherd. It's by following him, following his lead into the sheep pen. What he does is he calls out to us individually by name. And we're then charged to follow him as he leads us 
into places that we could never go without him. Which happens, yes, for heaven, but also here in daily life. Jesus, following Jesus leads us to places we can never go without him. So the first thing that we see from this passage is that following Jesus means trusting his leadership. That's what we see. It's submitting to him. It's letting him be in charge of our lives. Letting him choose what we do, the things that we say, how we view other people, how we view ourselves even. Jesus gets to determine all of it. So over this past summer, I got the privilege of interning here at the church. And along with that, I went to four different week-long camps. And many of y'all were there on at least one of those, some on multiple. And in the middle of all of that traveling, which was a bunch, we actually took a family vacation to Colorado. So another week of traveling. It was great. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful place over there. And, you know, we did so many great things. One of my favorite experiences was we actually went horseback riding through the mountains. I've always wanted to ride a horse, but I never had up until that point. So finally we got the opportunity to do it, and I was very excited for it. So we get there, we drive like an hour away and go to this ranch in the middle of the mountains and we, we all line up like the family and the ranchers kind of explain things to us. And then they go down the line and like assign us horses. Like they look at the person, they say, you know what? I think you'd be best with that horse over there. You'd be best with Silver or Chico or whatever. You'd be best with those. My whole family laughed collectively whenever they said what horse I got because they looked at me and they said, Reed, you know, I think you would be best with that horse over there. His name is Jesus. Jesus, really? Of all people, of all horses, I'm about to go to seminary. Like, I'm the one who gets the horse Jesus. I love it. I love it. So I go over there and meet Jesus, as everybody should do, and I guess everybody will do at some point. Um, So I go and meet Jesus, and we proceed to go hike through the mountains of Colorado. I can truthfully and confidently say that Jesus led me through the mountains of Colorado, which is, I guess, a fun thing to say. So there was a certain type of grass on the path or near the path that the ranchers kind of explained to us that the horses love to eat. Like it's so very tasty to them, but it's not nutritious whatsoever. So they don't really like the horses to eat them. But what happens is as we're walking down the path and the horse sees a patch of that grass, they will veer off and go get it because it's just so good. They, they have to. They have no choice pretty much. And I had the reins, of course, and I could try to pull on the head of the horse to keep him going on the path. But if he wanted a snack, he was going to go get it by all means. And there was nothing that I could do to stop him whatsoever. The thing is, I ultimately had to submit to Jesus's will. I mean, the horse named Jesus's will. And I just thought in that moment, how perfect of an illustration is that? of our relationship to the actual Jesus. You know, we think that we're the ones who are in charge, that we're the ones leading the way, making our own path, walking along. But the truth is, Jesus is far stronger than we are, just like the horse was for me. He's in control, and you know what? It's actually better that way. Because he knows where he's going. 
Our role is to submit to that. Submit to him. Let him lead us. And we're just along for the ride, like I was with that horse in Colorado. This is what we do. Let the real Jesus lead our lives. And we submit to following him, which means going where he goes, doing what he says, and living entirely for him. That's the idea that Jesus is getting at in this passage. And he hits it home a little bit more in the next verses. So the latter half of verse 4, here's what he says. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Which leads us to the second big takeaway of this passage. Following Jesus means knowing his voice. Okay, but what does it mean to know the voice of Jesus? Like, he ascended into heaven almost 2,000 years ago. Like, you, you don't audibly hear it, right? Well, think about people in your own lives whose voices you know immediately. Like, you didn't see them. You just heard them off from the distance or whatever. And as soon as you heard that voice, you knew it was them. It's like maybe it's a best friend or a sibling or a parent or Taylor Swift, whoever. A voice that you hear and recognize it immediately even without seeing them. How do you know that it's them? Well, you know it's them because you've spent a lot of time listening to and hearing from that voice. And that's what Jesus says in the passage. That his followers know his voice. Which means his followers have to spend a lot of time listening from Jesus. And that looks like personal time spent with God through his word, and through prayer. Like, I challenge you to set aside a specific time every single day where you read the Bible, where you read the things that Jesus says. Maybe it's right after you get out of bed or right before you go to bed or when you get home from school, whatever it is. Find a set time where you push away distractions and just focus on God's word and listening to his voice. If you don't know where to start, well, we're reading in John chapter 10, so you can start at the beginning of John and just work your way through the book, see how we got to this passage. Keep going through the New Testament and bounce back to the old. Your leaders, myself, Pastor Jacob, we'd love to help you and teach you how to read your Bible. But it also looks like intentional time spent with God through prayer. Again, just like with the Bible, I encourage you, to set aside a specific time or multiple times or all day where you pray to God. You put away the distractions. Turn the phone on silent or turn it off. Put everything away where you focus on God, talking to him. That's what prayer is. It's talking. It's conversation. That's how you hear his voice. And a tip here, something I've done recently is, for for a little while, is I've started writing down my prayers, which I think helps in two ways. One, it helps us actually do it. We remember to actually do it if we're going to write it down. But you can also go back at days and weeks and even years in the past and read over those old prayers. And now you can see how God has been working and moving through your life and the lives of others the entire time. So knowing God's voice means doing those things on a daily basis, a continuous basis. It's getting to know not just 
what the voice sounds like, but also what he says, which you can only fully know through reading his word. Okay, how many of y'all have dogs here? Okay, okay, quite a few. Are they trained? Like, if you if you tell them to sit, are they going to sit? And if you call their name, are they going to are they going to come to you? Like, somewhat maybe. What? Okay, I'm getting a wide wide variety. Somewhat trained at least. Okay, well my uh, brother and sister in law are back there, and they have a dog. His name is Winston. I think we have a picture of Winston. That's Winston. Exactly. That yeah, that's the that's the reaction he deserves because how adorable he is. So he's mainly he's mainly mainly weenie dog, but has some other random breeds thrown in there. And so Winston, you know, he's adorable. And if I or anybody that he knows and trusts ever call his name, he is going to come running towards that person because he thinks that we have food for him. That he thinks he's going to get a treat. That's usually usually what happens. He will do that if it's somebody that he knows. But you see, he's a tiny little dog, but he has a very big bark. He thinks he's a huge dog. He will bark all the time for hours. So if there's somebody he doesn't know, who he doesn't trust, if they come into the room where he's at, he will bark at them ferociously for hours. I have seen it happen. Hours. He has no time for it whatsoever. And it doesn't matter if that person is calling out to his name. Like, they can say, Winston, Winston, it's okay. I'm, I'm a friend. I'm not a threat. Like, it's okay. You can trust me. But Winston's got no time for it whatsoever. So the thing is, Winston knows the voices of the people who care for him, and the people who love him, and pro- provide for him and protect him. And he simply will not listen to the voices of those who don't the voices that he does not know. And shouldn't it be the same way between us and God? We should get to know God's voice continuously. Again, through his word and through prayer, we should know God's voice, listen to that voice, listen to those who speak on his behalf like I am tonight. We should listen to, trust those voices if they come from God. And we should block out all others, any voice that does not speak the truth, we should ignore. We should bark at, maybe not literally, but that's the idea. We should bark at them because that's what Jesus is getting across in these verses. See it again, end of verse four and five. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Like That's some strong language. They will run away from any other voice. So I want to ask you to start thinking. You'll have time to discuss it in small groups afterwards. But what voices are you letting speak into your life right now? And what voices should you be listening to instead? You know, a really impactful song for me is, is called I Won't Move by Life Church Worship. And here's some of the lyrics from the chorus. When my eyes cannot see, it's your voice that's leading me. 
out of darkness and into light. It's your love that's breaking through the night. So in the midst of darkness, in the midst of sin, of tough circumstances, loneliness, confusion, whatever voices you're listening to and are starting to believe, whatever lies you're starting to believe, know that Jesus is calling out to you by name into the truth because he is the truth. So follow that voice and let him lead you out of darkness and into light. Then we see at the end of the passage, starting in verse 11, this is what Jesus says to conclude it. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And this shows us our last big takeaway from the passage. Following Jesus means giving everything to him. Because... Jesus gave everything for us. He lived that perfect life that we could not live. He died the perfect death that we deserved. And when he hung up on that cross, with his arms stretched wide, he was saying, I love you this much and more. I love you enough to die for you. Because we have sinned, because we are separated from God because of that, Jesus came down to die in our place and to bridge the gap that our sin had caused. He was buried and on the third day rose from the dead, defeating death and proving that we can too if we believe in him, if we follow him, if we accept him, yes, as our savior, but also as our Lord, which means following him, submitting to him. It means letting him lead. It's trusting his leadership like we saw at the beginning. It's knowing and listening to his voice. It's by giving everything to him. C.S. Lewis is my favorite author. He wrote the Narnia books and a bunch of books about the faith. I already have some support from the audience. They're great books. He also wrote my favorite book outside of the Bible, which is Mere Christianity. And in it, this is what he says. Christ says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and a branch there. I want to have the whole tree down. Hand over the whole natural self, all the desires which you think innocent, as well as the ones you think wicked, the whole outfit. I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself, my own will 
shall become yours. So maybe you've never laid down your life for Jesus. Maybe you don't know him personally. Maybe you've never never made him your Savior and your Lord. I want to encourage you to do so today. It's recognizing that you are a sinner and that you do need a Savior. It's believing that Jesus is that Savior that you so desperately need. That he died, was buried, and rose on the third day. And then it's giving him the reins of your life and letting him lead. You can talk to your leaders. You can talk to Pastor Jacob. Talk to myself. If that applies to you today. And maybe you have done so, but you're still holding on to things in your life. Brokenness, sin. You're trying to lead and go your own way. You're giving God part of your life, but not all of it. Jesus wants so much more for you. He wants all of it. He wants to give you himself instead. So commit to reading the Bible, his word, and praying every day. Learn to hear and recognize that voice, and block out all others. And then go and tell other people who he is. But for everybody here, students, leaders, myself, everybody in this room and beyond, give everything to Jesus because he is worth following. Submit to him just like I did with that horse in Colorado. Listen to his voice and ignore all others, just like the weenie dog, Winston. And give everything to him because he's the good shepherd and he lays down his life for you. I'll pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being here. God, you are worth it. You are worth it all. You are worth giving everything to. God, I pray that we would all leave here and not forget what happened, not forget the things that we saw. We would implement it in our life, that we would learn to hear your voice and block out every other voice. God, I pray that whatever it is that each one of us is holding on to that we would give up and give it to you because you're worth it. God, I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you all enjoyed this bonus episode of the podcast. I'm grateful to Jacob Engel for the opportunity, and I pray that it's an impactful message for all who have heard it. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode on Tuesday, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Until then, shalom.